0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. I think I know what we're going to talk about today. Blake doesn't really know. He hasn't even asked. He's finally learned to stop asking what we're going to talk about on the podcast.
1: It'd probably be a lie anyways. <laughs> Try to mislead me.
0: the The uh, I guess the first thing I want to ask is, uh how is your first day? Of, oh, man. I forgot to hit record on this video camera. Hold on a second, guys. All right. First thing I wanna ask is how's your first day at work? Oh
1: man, it's been great. (laughs) Got up this morning, made me some coffee. Showed up to the office, wasn't nobody there, so I just opened up the office. I didn't realize three or seven meets at the CrossFit gym. Yep, eight thirty. So I, I missed that meeting first first day on the job, man. I missed the meeting. Didn't have a location or time. Just went to the wrong place.
0: He's already slacking, man. First day of work. Missed the uh, most important meeting of the day at CrossFit Rome. Yep, missed that, and I guess
1: we're gonna load up some trash. <laughs> It's gonna to be tough, but we'll
0: get through it. In case all you guys didn't know, today is Blake's first day uh, as a, I guess, full time owner. He's always been part, uh, part owner of Three O Seven Project, but he's had a second job up until this point. So today is his first day, full time Three O Seven Project. So we're we're excited. We're looking at uh, a being able to grow. We're looking at you know the opportunity to now to to set some some structure and some routine and to work together and not have to wait until you know the evenings and this and that. You guys know how it is. I'm sure there's plenty of you guys out there that have a a, a business and also work another job. So it's a really, really exciting time for us and uh, and for Blake. Yeah. Thank you guys for helping us get to this point. Obviously, like I said before, all you guys that listen to this, that come out and participate in the basic course, the Proving Grounds, uh, everything that we do, all you guys that support us on Patreon, you guys are what brought us to this point so quickly. So we really appreciate it. That's what's going on around HQ this morning. All right. I talk about what look guys, we're going to we're going to dig into some some deep stuff here in just a little bit and it's it really all stemmed from a comment that I got on an Instagram post the other day. And some of these comments Look, man, you can't answer questions like this on with text. So it's nice to have the podcast because we can get in and talk about this stuff. And this guy comments here, and I appreciate his comment. His Instagram is for uh for foreman foremank. I don't know how you say it. People got the weirdest Instagram handles. I never understood how they come up with it. But his comment was. I admire your faith, but I lack faith of my own. I wish I could believe, but I don't. I don't understand how a benevolent God couldn't leave better instructions. The Bible is interpreted differently by different faiths. Okay. How are we to know that being homosexual is a sin how do we know if abortion is really wrong and there are so many questions? Why would God not spell it out? That's a big question, man. That's a lot of that's a lot of things that, uh, I mean, I feel like can be fairly easily answered. So we'll dig into that question here for here in just a little bit. What have I been doing? Well, I, I went on a, a overnight hike with Brooke this past weekend friday and saturday on the penhody trail if you guys haven't heard lord willing i'm gonna set the world record on the Pinhoti trail probably in october maybe around there somewhere i'll keep you guys posted if you're on patreon you're following my training i post my daily training uh load on there we do bi-weekly check-ins all that stuff so um, that's kind of my big thing for this year so kind of what i'm doing is going i what i plan to do now that the weather's getting nice i plan to go and actually hike each section of the pinhoti trail before we go out to uh, set the world record on it because i just want to know what where the the little tough intersections are and you know where are the hardest parts of the trail and and how we need to to plan our days out as we go through this it's 335 miles long. So, went out with Brooke, we had a we had a really great first hike, first day hike. We covered like 14 miles or something. We set up camp. Man, she's got this whole she went out and bought a hammock set up because she th- thinks that oh, she never she she's not good at sleeping in the woods, so she thinks if I get this hammock, I'm going to be good to go. We set this whole hammock up for her once we get into camp. First of all, there's a beautiful campsite sitting there with a fire ring and everything, and she doesn't like it, so she walks down the trail and finds just some random place in the woods and wants to set up there. I'm like, no, we don't. That, you don't do that. You want to use an established campsite. So we go up. We go back up to the established campsite, set her hammock up. The whole time I'm setting this thing up. I know she's not going to sleep in it. I know for a fact she's not. So I set my tent up beside her hammock. We have a nice evening, get in in bed, and she's laying in her hammock talking about how nice it is. Oh, it's just so comfortable and this and that for like 15 minutes. And then she says, then she starts saying, Oh, I'm getting cold, but I'm not going to come into your tent because then you're going to make fun of me for not sleeping in my hammock. And I'm like, whatever, just do something to where you can stop talking and I can get some rest. So she lasts about 15 minutes in her hammock, then crawls into my tent, and then proceeds to toss and turn and get in and out of the tent all night long. I think she's scared of the dark. (laughs) I think she's scared of sleeping in the woods at night. That's the
1: only thing I can figure. Clearly she hasn't ever hiked or camped with Nathan Hicks trying to go set that campsite up in an undesignated spot. Oh,
0: I taught her. She got like a mini basic course okay. instruction on <laughs> on a course of that that. But so she proceeds to wake me up. What well, wake me up, I was getting like she would get out of the tent at least once an hour. So I'd get like forty five minutes of sleep until she would start tossing and turning and then get out of the tent and wake me up. And she wakes me up finally at 3 a.m. and says, hey, let's just pack all this stuff up and walk back to the car. Man, we got like a we got like a daggone 14 mile hike back to the car at 3 a.m. And I'm like, did you really think I was going to say yes to that? (laughs) Really? You're asking me to get out of my tent, pack all this crap up and it's raining
1: Oh, was it oh, raining? Oh, yeah. It
0: started raining mm. and walked back to the car at 3 a.m. negative. You didn't even have enough headlamp batteries to do that. Gosh, I'm mighty, man. So she just lasts out. She, she lays there. She broke at 3 a.m. She broke, man. She was, I mean, she was, re- I mean, she essentially <laughs> quit on our camping trip. Son. That's what that was. She yeah. gave up. She gave up. Did she ever go to sleep? No, she never went to sleep. She laid there. She said she tossed and turned and laid there and stared at the tent wall all night long. And so, well, what was she laying on? A ground pad. She, she had a Oh, ground, yeah, she had, she had two ground pads.
1: Well, I have laid on a cold stone floor in a deflated ground pad all night <laughs> and watched you sleep before, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chad's going to sleep. It don't matter what's going on. He's going to get his
0: rest. I sleep good in the woods, man. I really do. But we got up the next morning. Well, got up. She just was up because she never went to sleep. She didn't get our fire back going. Mm. Um, So it's cold. Get out of the tent, whatever. We get ready and hike out. The hike out was really nice. But we got to see a good section of trail. And I'm really looking forward to uh, to that mission breaking the the record on that trail. Uh, one because it's right here in our backyard. I don't think that the Penhody Trail gets enough attention either, because it's it's uh, it reminds me a lot of sections of it remind me a lot of the Appalachian Trail, but you don't see anybody out there. Yeah. Ever. I mean, there's like nobody uses it. Yep. And it's there, and it's it's really cool cool thing. And it's a nice through hike for somebody that wants to do a through hike. Uh, it's a great, would be a great starting point because 335 miles, you know, you can do that in a couple weeks and it's not like the Appalachian trail, something that's going to take you four to six months. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, man. I'm not really thinking a lot about it right now because I feel like it's too soon. Like right now I'm just working on building a good base building the my base of fitness back up yeah just all aspects of strength i'm strength training every morning running every evening so that's kind of what i'm doing right now and you guys that are following on patreon you'll see as we get closer to october or whenever we decide to do this thing it'll start leaning more and more toward that the heavy volume on running yeah i think anyways <laughs> I think
1: that's important in everything too, as far as your goal setting. You know, like you know what your end goal, what you want that to be, and you know what you need to be doing now. But it's almost like you've got a certain amount of excitement that you can expend on that one goal. Yeah. And if you get super excited about it in the beginning, it, that's almost like what I look forward to in a thing. And, and if I spend all my excitement, in the beginning, when I get to the end, it's not, you know, you can either lose interest or it's just not what it what it turned out to be. So to stay where you're at, you know kind of what you need to do. But even what you plan on your next step may change depending on your training this month, you know. Yeah. I mean, who knows? You may, something may, may not want to strength train no more and just go full bore into running. So there ain't no sense in
0: planning it till you get there. Well, and and that's a really cool thing you talked about, and I agree with that. You can really only harness that that excitement or momentum or whatever you call it. You can really only harness it for so long, mm-hmm. and and the same with the training load. Uh, you know, you lo- we look at other athletes around us. I see it all the time in the running world. People that want to that think they have to maintain that super super high mileage every week weekend and week out they they they're racing all the time they're doing and they just it's not sustainable right they end up yep. blowing up they having they have health problems all this stuff and for me i i'm more like i'm about the 8 week range about 2 months is about how long for me you got a good base of fitness then you can ramp up heavy and maintain that excitement and that momentum yep. about eight weeks prior to the actual mission. And you're not just dragging it out. And then all of a sudden after two, three, four months, it just becomes a slog, man. Yeah. You know? And so I, I want to avoid that. Well, and- it's
1: just like with, I mean, even just actively running. If you ran five miles on that fifth mile, you could bump it up and just bust out in the sprint, but you're going to peter out or hurt yourself. If you yeah. keep going, you got to back off.
0: And in between now and the, the Hody, we're going to do mid state mile, mm-hmm. mid state mile. You guys probably saw it last year. It's a last man standing race, but it is so, it's so much different than something like the Penn Hody. So you know it requires a lot of strength leg strength and not a lot of speed right cuz it's 20 minute it's a 20 minute mile yeah you know a 17 minute mile really cuz you got to come in with a few minutes to spare so that's what this i feel like this crossfit stuff that i'm doing and uh it, you know the strength stuff strengthening hips and glutes and hamstrings and core that that good base of strength training is going to help me tremendously at mid-state mile then we'll recover from that then we'll lean heavily into the running and then we'll hit the 335 miles that's yeah. a long run man yeah so. i
1: thought about coming out to that mid-state mile and i just don't want to push you too far you know where you might injure yourself trying to beat me well for the pin hody so
0: uh dude We're i'm not waiting to do that next yeah. year yeah I'm interested to see what kind of what kind of competition is going to show up yep. out there this year because uh I mean I don't think anybody can beat me that course plays to my strengths very very much so you know yep. the just the climbing we live in the mountains and and just that just that constant forward motion is what it takes um but we'll see I hope somebody does beat me yep. that would be it'd be a wonderful show again you guys will get to see it on instagram or wherever hopefully blake will come out there and crew me at least since he's not going to (laughs) run and i won't be working (laughs) anyways guys um all right we're about to transition into talking about some of this i just want to let you guys know where i was at with my training kind of what was coming up what's going on with 307 project and blake uh so yeah you got the you got the full the full gambit, real quick. This show was brought to you by Wazoo Survival Gear. Um, we use their stuff out on the basic course. Any, any, we use it. We've used it one time. The bumper fell off of Jesse's RV, and I pulled my little adventure kit out and used those zip ties to zip tie the the wiring and stuff back to the frame. Right. So, Wazoo Survival Gear is wearable survival gear that expands your capabilities you don't have to be a woodsman to use this stuff this stuff comes in handy for anyone yep if you want to expand your capabilities they have uh cash caps which and and cash belts it's a belt and a hat with pockets in it that you can store stuff in um they have the bushcraft necklace which is a fire starting device they have a ton of stuff yep you guys just got to go check them out at survivalgear.com. Follow them on Instagram at Gear. I think that's their Instagram handle. I'll attach it in the show notes of this episode right here, along with a special URL. You guys can click that URL, take you to their website, and uh, use the pro code that they've given us to get 20% off your order from Wazoo. You will not find that anywhere else. So that's uh, our sponsor for today's episode. Thanks, Wazoo for uh, making great gear and um, supporting the three of seven podcast. All right. You ready to dig into this stuff, B? Let's hit it. Ain't nobody going to call Blake a fool. Sure ain't. All right. Let me find this question again. All right. I don't. All right. This question again, essentially this guy's saying, I admire your faith. This one's for you guy. Uh, Foremanic, whatever your name is on Instagram. I admire your faith, but I lack, lack faith of my own. I wish I could believe, but I don't. Dude, it's awesome that you have the courage to say that. I, lo- I love that, you know, man? And you know the awesome thing about Foreman is his name. All right, the awesome thing about this question right here and uh, I I you know I think a lot of Christians would get very defensive about somebody coming on and and asking a question like this and and here's the thing that this encourages me greatly that this man would get on here and have the courage to type this comment, but it also tells me something it tells me that there is still hope for this man to have a relationship with jesus christ Mm. the very fact that he's asking these questions that he's that he is is open enough to listen tells me that his conscience has not been seared with a hot iron yeah right uh god's word talks about he talks about people who have been turned over to a reprobate mind or their conscience has been seared with a hot iron I, it's hard for some of you guys to understand but essentially what that means it, it uh, evidence of that would be this this man right here would not be asking these questions right because it, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't even register with him what we're what we're talking about when it comes to faith and stuff if he got on there to do anything at that point it would be to attack you for what you did that's right that's exactly right so i was very encouraged By this comment, I really was. And, um, you know, there are some great questions in here. And while we're at it, you know, this gentleman right here specifically brings up two sins that are front and center in our world today. He brings them up in his comment here How do we know that being a homosexual is really sin? How do we know that abortion is wrong? All right? He brings these out into the open asking because they are front and center. All right? Let's talk a little bit about conscience real quick. We just talked about how your conscience could become seared by a hot iron. And how do we know that uh, things are right or wrong? How, how do we know? And conscience, is a big part of this we all as humans have conscience i want to read to you from romans um this will be romans chapter 2 verse 15 i don't know why i marked this wrong romans chapter 2 verse 15 i think all right 12 14 15. All right, here we go. This is is basically Paul's (laughs) description of how a human's conscience works. It's actually starting verse 15. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do things that are in the law, the law being things like the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments, the law of God. He's saying when the Gentiles, which were basically everyone in the world back then, that were not Jewish, right? They didn't have the law. They didn't know the law. They didn't have the scriptures. It could be anyone from a, a Native American tribe to someone living just outside of the Jewish culture. That is a Gentile. But Paul says here that these people, that with, without the law, right, they actually by nature do... And keep the things that are in the law, although they do not have the law. They show the work of the law written in their hearts. Their conscience also is bearing witness between themselves, their thoughts, accusing or excusing them. This is what conscience is, and this is how, this is one thing if you are, if you're not Looking, if you don't read the Bible, if you don't have a relationship with God, if you're in a place like this man that made this comment and you're saying, how do we know that this stuff is right or wrong? Look, man, things like this, things like, like the two things that he brought up here, homosexuality, abortion, racism, all these things front and center things in our in our society today, your conscience should tell you they're wrong, all right? Anytime something comes up, this is a good indicator, right? Anytime there's a topic on the table or there's a choice or there's a decision or there's an action, if something pops into your head and says, uh, I wonder if this is really, really right, that is a good, solid indicator that it is probably wrong. Yep. Things that are right and pure and wholesome, all right, things like that, there's no question about it. There's not gonna be nothing come up in your conscience that makes you pause, right? Yeah. So I think our conscience can tell us in a lot of ways. What is right or wrong? So, how do we know that that these things are right or wrong? Let's take racism for example. I grew up in a very, very racist environment. It was part of the culture. Well, you know, a, a, and thankfully, that I've seen a, a, a tremendous change over the years in that. But where we grew up in North Georgia, racism was a part of the culture. On both ends, yep. on both ends, all right it wasn't it wasn't just white against black, it was black against white. it was it was every we all everybody hated each other uh, uh, on the grounds of racism yep. And <clears throat> even back then, when I, I didn't have a solid foundation in Christ, I always knew that racism was, was wrong, yeah, right I always knew that it was wrong. Um but here's what's happening. Here's what's happening I think in society today is that even though our conscious would, our conscience is telling us that these front and center sins are are really wrong even from even from just a a, a sec, purely secular standpoint, you're talking about a lot of these sins that are hot topics here. You're talking about, they're detrimental to the the actual uh, furtherance of our species. Like, the, <laughs> the reproduction of this the human species. Like, all right? But, we are being bullied into saying that something that our conscience is telling us is wrong. We're, we've been bullied into not only saying that it's wrong, but actually saying that it's right. We've been literally bullied by by, by um, mainstream media into going completely against our conscience for something that we know is wrong to not only not saying it's wrong
1: but saying it's right but
0: saying it's right you see that's a whole nother level you haven't been bullied and you you're you you have not been bullied into just not calling out things that that's how it used to be that, that was the don't ask don't tell policy that yeah. we had in the military when i joined the military Don't ask, don't tell. The the society was telling us to just don't call it out. Just leave it alone. Don't call it out. No, it's went a step further now. They don't not only want you to call it out, but they want you to call it right. It went from passive resistance to active resistance. Y'all understand why there's so much confusion surrounding these things? It's like, you know... You know, I hope you know now some people don't know that's what that conscience being seared with a hot iron is. but if you still have a conscience, you know in your heart what is right, what is good for humanity, what is good for um, life and happiness Yeah you know you know how the human body was designed. <laughs> like, you, biologically, yeah. you know how all this stuff operates, and you know the things that are not in accordance with simple, simply human design. You know that. But there's so much confusion because for so long, you've been bullied and beat over the head until finally you have submitted to just saying, well... I guess it's not wrong anymore. As a matter of fact, it's right. And let's let's um, let's act like it is. It's how can this freaking confusing as crap, man?
1: Yeah, and I think it. You know, the internal struggle that that you have a lot of times, regardless what the what the topic is, but even specifically to this one, you're trying to decide. Like you said, if you have to ask it, more than likely it's wrong. But if you're having to decide and you're going back and forth. And then you've got 15 people, and everything you see is all telling you what you feel—the hint or the faint inkling of that. Now nah, maybe this isn't right, but then everyone else tells you it is. It's a whole lot easier to just say, "Well, yeah, I guess it is," because I'm not going to go against the grain of everybody else. Because then that's just going to—that's that, going to create more struggle for me, and I don't really have anything to back it up other than instinct or conscious and so they just go the other way you know they don't they don't want to put they don't want to
0: fight it it's and it's scary to, yeah. it's scary to call it out nowadays i mean it, it really is i mean you're you're being bullied that's would, the best way
1: i can put it would you say for like you know talking about the conscious would you say that that's like your inherent conscience like everybody's born with that instinct to know right from wrong or do you think that you deep down knew that the for example, the racism that we grew up in was wrong because of just certain things that happened throughout our childhood, or do you think everybody is born inherently with that conscience?
0: Well, you know, I, that's a great question. Now, for me, if you want to take the the racism thing uh, a, as an example, maybe that wasn't uh, an inherent part of my conscience. To maybe know that it, it was wrong. Yeah, to know that it was wrong. But what happened is, is over time I look at it and I see what it is doing mm-hmm. to the community. I see what it's doing to people. I see racism is essentially hatred. Yeah. It's unwarranted hatred, um, and it will eat you alive. Yep. And I saw it. it. It 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 will consume someone. It literally that hatred will consume someone, and it just becomes the only thing that they can think about. It's evil. Yeah, it's 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 pure evil. So I start to see these things, and in turn, it it I guess I see the fruits. Yeah, the the fruits of these things help uh, guide and maybe develop my conscience. Yeah, you know what I mean. But that's from that's from God. If your conscience is still intact, understand that 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 is from yep. God. It's and this is the interesting. You you know you talk and you talk about that. You know, I say that's from God and people might argue that, but here's the thing. if you don't believe in God and all you believe in is evolution, Big Bang theory, natural selection, how do you explain a conscience? Uh, your conscience and right doing the right thing and the wrong right and wrong it goes totally against um, the theory of natural selection because if you believe in natural selection, you would actually uh, probably promote racism because you would want to destroy anything unless it had to do with you and and what you were, right? You would be trying to further your own position and others like you, right, to advance the process (laughs) of natural selection. So your conscience is from God. I think your experiences and witnessing the fruits of certain actions will help to really develop and cultivate yeah. your conscience. I think
1: we go- I mean I agree with that and and how I think it's the intensity at which you can distinguish right from wrong down to smaller situations because pretty much everybody anybody would say it's wrong to go up and slit somebody's throat. Like anybody's going to cringe at that and be like, "Dang man, that joker that was wrong." Yeah. But to, but to say you know, something, not saying racism is minor, but can, you know, people argue both sides of it, and to come down to that, that's a, uh, it might be harder for some people to distinguish that depending on how, what they experienced growing up. You know, being raised in it, it's harder to, you have to go against the grain to, to tell whether it's right or wrong, but something as obvious as murder, you don't have to. So what I'm saying is, we're all born with that, I think, with that inherent conscience of right or wrong, and your experiences along the way either promote that or take away from it, and makes it harder for you to tell which which is right or wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and while we're on the topic of of racism as a a sin, and and I want you guys to understand, there are some of these. There are some arguments about sin, what is right or wrong, in mainstream society right here. And and one's racism, one's homosexuality, one's abortion. Why do these sins keep popping up? Well, one, because these sins a lot of times deal in repercussions of life and death, human life and death. And I think the other reason some of these sins keep popping up in society is because there are, in, in my mind, there are... Not all sin is equally bad, but there are different types of sin. In other words, I could tell a a lie today, and I could say, daggone it, man, I told a lie, right? And I could repent and realize it's wrong and try my best not to do it again and move on with my life. But there are certain sins that are perpetual sins, perpetual sins, all right? Racism is living in perpetual sin. It is something that inundates you day in and day out. It is not on a single occurrence, right? If you don't repent, change direction on racism, then it's just part of your being. It is a perpetual sin. You guys understand that? You can't be racist today and not racist tomorrow. It's a lifestyle sin. That's yeah. right, and that's why I think a lot of these are are really keep popping up, and that's out being an alcoholic um being being an addict um there are things that sins that actually that actually consume your lifestyle Mm -hmm. that's what makes these a little different right then then you know uh even uh you know i want say you have an affair that's a that's a one-time deal man hopefully if you realize what it is you identify it you repent and you change your ways, that's not a lifestyle sin, right? And it's a difference in a one person that kills one person and a serial
1: killer. Yeah. You know, a serial killer is that, that's the, I mean, they, they get enjoyment out of mm-hmm. it.
0: Yeah. So these are lifestyle sins. Now, I think, I think there's a big push now. I keep hearing this, dude. I keep hearing this. Um, like I say, I've seen this racism thing come from both angles. Um, I've, I've seen, uh, I've had experiences in my life where I have been discriminated against for being white um, and have not gotten, I've missed opportunities for being white. I mean, I literally have experienced that, right? I think there's a huge push right now to shame people about their race, right? To shame others about their race. That the it's just the way God created them. It's it, it, it and and if if you have that much, first of all, if you're stuck in that mindset that you have that you're looking at color that much, yeah. you are screwed up, man. You are screwed up. If you're trying to shame someone about being white or black or Asian or whatever it is, you're screwed. Look. The only solution to this is for you to stop looking at other people that way. All right. You're not going to shame me into thinking that because I'm white, I have some advantage. Right. You're not going to shame me into that. I'm sorry. And, and this goes back. Let's look at what the Bible says about this racism topic. And for me, this is very clear in Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29. Galatians 3, 26 through 29, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ and have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Jesus Christ. This here is telling you there is no color There is no nationality. There is no slave, free, poor, rich. There's none of that. And he goes even further and says there's not even a differentiation between male and female. You are all one under the banner of Jesus Christ. That is my stance. That is the solution. You want the solution to racism? It's not shaming white people for their white privilege it's not hating black people or Asian people for the color of their skin if you are even seeing the color you have a problem that you need to work out yep. because here is the solution to racism all right that is that I can't I couldn't have said it better myself no, uh-uh. you know obviously all right so that's where that's where I stand on that. I don't know. I hope y'all, and that's a, that's a when you are when you are born again into the body of Christ, this will make sense to you. Yeah, that's the only way for this to be possible. That's why I don't argue with people about the the ins and outs of the societal issues of racism, because here's the solution: be re, be reborn, have your heart regenerated. And receive the spirit of Christ, the heart of Christ, and this makes sense. Yeah. And you can achieve this in your heart, legitimately, effortless, effortlessly. Yep. All right? Um. So, we're, we're working through the portion of this gentleman's question right here where he says, um, how are we to know what is right or wrong? Why did God not spell it out? Well, we've told you first. First of all, your conscience helps you know. But actually, in reality, if you learn how to study this book right here, he did spell out. um, He did spell out what is right or wrong uh, in the principles of this book. You just have to search for it, right? Yep. Um, Let's talk about the two other topics that he brought up. Real quick, uh, abortion and homosexuality, and I'm going to go to John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We're going to start this in John chapter eight. Now I told you there are some issues that are front and center in society that I think are they they the decision there hinge it, it life and death hinge upon your stance on that right. And also, also, also the, just the uh, furtherance of humanity, right? Be fruitful and multiply. That was a command given. All species on earth, animal species, want to be fruitful and multiply. They all do. It's the only way we can carry on this existence without going extinct, all right? What I want you to understand, real quick, from a biblical perspective, um, there are there are plenty of verses in the Bible, if you're looking, that will spell out. If you want to look to the Bible for what is right or wrong, there are plenty of verses that address homosexuality and abortion directly. Directly address them. All right, you can go to the Bible and find those. Um, what I want you to understand, though is Satan. Satan is a murderer. Satan is a murderer. Satan wants to kill every single human that he can. He wants to prevent as many human from from being born, the ones that are born and alive here on earth, he wants to kill you. All right? satan you guys think i'm crazy talking about satan look good and evil how can you not believe in good and evil the dynamic between good and evil you see them playing out around you yeah every day good and evil right um satan represents the, the king of of all of all evil yep. that exists he's the prince of all of of evil right that is his, his kingdom, right? He is just as real as the God that we worship, and he is a murderer. Anything that comes up, any issue that comes up, if it involves stopping the reproduction of human beings... We are created in the likeness of image of God. Anything, if there's ever a question that comes up and you say, is this really detrimental to the reproduction of God's creation? If the answer is yes, then it's satanic. All right? Yeah. Just period. If there's anything that comes up that involves uh, the the murder, uh, human life uh, all right the answer is it is satanic let me read you this real quick john chapter 8 verse 44 all right this is jesus talking and he's um i think he's talking to the pharisees and people he says you are of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do he was a murderer from the very beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Here we go. Jesus Christ right here calling Satan out specifically as a murderer. Let's look again in John 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to kill every single human that he can. That is his way to completely destroy and and maim God's creation, the image of God, is to kill human beings. All right? So from a biblical perspective, you can, like I say, you can find specific biblical instruction addressing most of the major moral issues in society, if not every single moral issue in society. You can find a direct correlation in scripture, but if you want to look at it from a broad lens, understand that anything that is detrimental to us as God's creation, God's companions, his most precious creation on earth, anything that it, that goes against the reproduction and the furtherance of us as humans is satanic. Yeah. That's the way I think about it. It's about all you can say. I mean, dude, it, I mean, this makes total sense to me, all right? So here we go. Foreman says, why would God not just spell it out? I want to tell you, God has spelled it out. He has spelled it out not only in his word, but he spelled it out for the people that don't have his word, the people across the thousands of years of human history that didn't have the law, he spelled it out for them in their conscience. Alright? That's, that's the only way I know to address that. I, I don't I don't know how it, it, You just got to spend a little time digging in. The the by and and, and now The Bible is interpreted differently by different faiths. Look, the Bible is interpreted differently by different faiths. Hey, man, like, I agree. There have been people throughout the course of human history that have taken parts of the Bible. You can take parts of any book out of context, you can look at them alone. Take them completely out of context and you can misuse yeah. and maim yeah. what that message is actually trying to point you to. That's human error. Yeah. That's, that's nothing you can fault God
1: for. I mean, people take, look at all the thing in a political election they take people's speeches, sections of them, out of context and try to make them look like bad people. And I mean, you can do that with anything you want to do it to.
0: You really can, man. You really can. Um, I, I want to encourage you and tell you that, that it's actually, uh, it's actually been, it's actually been like studied. And the Bible is actually written at a fifth grade level. But you, in order to understand any single part of the Bible, you've got to understand the context of the entire thing Mm -hmm. all right the the whole old testament portion of the bible it is telling you that jesus is coming it's giving you types of jesus in through, through through the the men and women and the stories and the accounts in the old testament those are all types of jesus right it's giving you a picture of jesus it's telling him it's telling us that he is coming and it's telling us why he needs to come. Right? That is the old, that's the that's basically the the point of the in the context of the old testament. Everything in the old testament points to the coming of Jesus Christ and why that has to happen. All right. Then you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus is here. It's actually giving you a picture of of God in flesh on the earth. And it's giving you an account of his life. It's giving you an account of everything that, every important thing that he has to say, what he does, and then it's giving you an account of his death, burial, and resurrection. All right? And then everything after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus is here, everything after that, is all the apostles and they're basically trying to clean up all the 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 screw-ups that are happening as they're trying to spread the message of Jesus amongst the world. They're going out into the world, they're sharing a message with Je- they're sharing the the gospel of Jesus Christ and people are immediately screwing it up. They literally share the message with a city or a town. They people get saved. They receive the Holy Spirit. They understand as soon as the as soon as Paul or whoever the apostle is leaves, they start screwing it up. And those letters are inspired by God through the apostles. And they you want to dig into a lot of these social and and even economic issues that we face in society today. You will find those in those books after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and or after yeah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You will find those in the books of apostles as they are trying to tell people what they're screwing up on and how to make it right. That's my understanding of the context, broad context of the Bible. And they also sharing that Jesus is coming
1: back. So it's he's coming, he's here, and he's coming back. Yeah. And this is what you need to
0: do. Yeah. Until he comes back. That's it. So yes, people have and people can and will. And will read the Bible, they will misinterpret misinter- it because they have chosen to take it out of context. Usually they take it out of context because uh because it benefits them in yep. some way. Right? It 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 makes them Either they're trying to make money off of it or they're trying to start some new sect of Christianity or
1: or it makes their lifestyle a little easier to live. That's right. If I want to believe homosexuality is okay and believe the rest of the Bible, that makes me real that makes a homosexual Christian real easy to be if you want to leave that part out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you you gotta... And you can't. I'm not
1: saying you can.
0: I'm saying that's why. Yeah, you got to take it. You got to take it all as one. All right, guys, I know this was some deep conversation. I hope it wasn't too much for you on a Monday. It's just something that was on my heart because I'm just so sick of the confusion people have on topics that a, a, a normal human conscience tells you it's wrong. And I'm so sick of us getting bullied and to not only calling it out as wrong when we're asked, but then even to go a step further and say that it's right. I'm just so freaking sick of it, man. Look, man, don't be bullied into what you know is wrong. Don't be bullied into calling it right. Yep. It doesn't lead anywhere. And the answer is also not, you'll see, I would say 90% of your brands, businesses, and influencers, their stance is to just say, oh, do what you want to do as long as you don't bother me and buy my product. Yeah. (laughs) So that's most people's answer. You know, they're asked, they're called out directly of, where do you stand on these social issues, on these moral issues? Their answer is, eh. Yeah, anybody can do whatever they want to do, as long as it's not bothering me. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's cowardly, man. You you you've just you've just been bullied into society to take that stance. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying, look, you will never see me holding a cardboard sign on the roadside anywhere protesting or any of this crap, right? I'm just telling you I'm gonna stand upon Not only God's word, but my own conscience. Knowing that I have the heart of Christ when it comes to these major issues. That's how we can know right from wrong. I was trying to look up lyrics to this
1: song. I don't remember what it is, but just going back to what everybody's, you know, do what you want to. It's some new girl, country singer, and she basically says in the song, uh, Kiss lots of boys and kiss lots of girls if that's what you're into, and yeah. this is out. I mean, this is like on regular, common radio stations. And when I heard that, I thought that is freaking nuts.
0: It's astounding. It is really, it is really astounding. Just like,
1: I mean, just be a old limp noodle and just do
0: whatever you want to do. You hey. know, don't have a backbone or a spine for anything you believe in. Look, don't. It, and it's not even don't even have a backbone or a spine. It's like. Go completely against human nature. Yeah. That's why this is so hard. But go. then you got to stand
1: up for what you believe in. you yeah. know like this is a filter. This thing right here is is the filter. If you have something inside of you that says, I wonder if that's right or wrong, do you go to the news media? and say, well, let me go see what they say about this internal struggle I'm having, and and then you know that'll tell me what's right. Or do you go to the filter of the Bible and say, well, let me see what the Bible says about this feeling that I have, and then I'll know which one to really believe. So really, it's all a matter of what you're going to, to interpret or decipher your thoughts, because we all have that internal struggle on whatever the topic is. I mean, we all have... Thought when we think of something, we think, well, do I do this or do I do this? And the right answer, the answer you get lies in where you go and, and
0: interpret it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think there's that internal structure on on some complex issues that we'll all face in Earth. Yeah. On Earth, and and you're right. That's when you go to this. But these issues that we're that we're squabbling over in today's society, they're not even complex. Yeah. They're literally issues that go against human anatomy. And human nature. Yeah. We should want to preserve ourselves as a species. That's human nature. That's the nature of every animal on earth. Yeah. That's why it's so freaking confusing, man. So, yeah. Look, brother, again, I appreciate you for having the courage to ask this question. I know we spent a long time going through this. I hope it answered some stuff for you. Um, That's all I got for today. That's all I got. Sweet. This is the 3 of 7 podcast. Um, Bust them. I was going to tell y'all something. I done forgot. Enough said. (laughs)